so snap on tool philosopher Lamar cheating son of a bitch <laughs> and I'm not going any further with that Bill Riley <laughs> if you could describe this I can't even call it a meal but just this whatever it is that we just did in one word what would it be tools <laughs> what <laughs> kind of accurate yeah yeah it's accurate on a lot of levels on this. Nice. Tools. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. And welcome to a different approach to uh, Dinner with Racers. I am Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And uh, if you're used to how we normally do things, don't worry. We will continue to do things that way, where normally we're driving around the country in our Acura MDX with Continental Tires and Valvoline Oil. Uh, but the way this year went, we uh, we did do a couple of remote recordings, uh, just for the sake of getting some podcast content out during this offseason and making sure you guys still had something to listen to. So we did the thing that we've always tried to avoid doing, which is what kind of recordings, Ryan? Over the internet, not in person, not personal recordings. Yeah, not what we're about at all. So we've gotten more than a few um, internet emails uh, kind of indicting us for not doing Zoom calls and Skype calls and things like that. And and it's for a very simple reason that we've been avoiding doing it this way. It is not what we are. Uh, I mean, the show is called Dinner with Racers, and I genuinely believe the reason people enjoy what we do is because we're able to get cool stories out of people. That doesn't come through a computer screen from 3,000 miles away. No, I totally agree. And as, as you and I have experienced, we've gotten to hear some of the most amazing stories from people that we honestly couldn't believe we were even talking to in the first place. And we're not going to get those kind of stories doing it this way. And other people do that. And that's fine. That's their thing. But we put in the time, effort, and uh, we showcase our sponsors by using their products to get those episodes done. So for now... Just for the meantime, we're going to crank out a couple episodes because we love you guys so much and we want to give you some more opportunities to hear some stories. But we're going to focus on people that we've talked to before that we can sort of do a recap with. And hopefully we did a good enough job the first time so you know their backstory. And now you can kind of see what they've been up to and how they've been dealing with the pandemic, their last couple of years of racing and things like that. So our sort of meet everyone in between philosophy is we'll do a couple of these remote recordings, but only with people we've already met with before to sort of do recaps. So the next few episodes you're going to hear are basically people we met with years ago and four or five years has elapsed for some of these folks. So let's hear what they have to say. So we had a lovely not dinner with, um, I don't know if, I don't want to say mascot because I would argue his place in the sport is maybe a little bigger than ours, but uh, how would you define our our next guest? He's definitely like a, uh, he, he might not be a mascot, but he's absolutely a staple in the DWR history. We've had cardboard cutouts of him in our car. We sell t-shirts with his likeness. We've even given him a fake $37 check as a thank you for it. Um, and that is none other than who, Ryan? Mr. Bill Riley. William P. Riley. 
William P. Riley Esquire DDS. So we would highly recommend if you do not know Bill's backstory, you go back into the early parts of season one and listen to our original recording with him because that'll give you a much better insight into his character and his funny stories. This is just a follow-up, but since that recording in 2015, quite a lot has happened for Bill. Uh, at that time, he was closing out his uh, Viper program that he was running with the factory. That switched over to an AMG GT3 program that he's been running for the last several years uh, with our friend Ben Keating. And then heading into the 2021 season, they are now actually switching yet again to the uh, new IMSA LMP3 category that'll be racing in the big show. And then Bill has also had a number of ups and downs over the last five years, everything from making his own prototype chassis to a good and bad weekend at Le Mans to a whole bunch of things in between. I would say my biggest surprise from this episode was Bill's vulnerability about some of the economic struggles he had dealing with a couple of the projects that he was working on right around the time we first met with him. And uh, unbeknownst to us, he, he went through a lot of stuff. So getting to hear that from him, even though we're thousands of miles away, uh, pretty cool that he's got that kind of uh, openness and also relatability that makes us like him so much because even though he's got this massive career, he's got this huge operation, he's still just a dude. He's just a racer, and that's why we love him. And, of course, even though we didn't drive, this still became possible because we had some fantastic partners. Um, not quite getting us there, but still able to keep Ryan's time free to do this was uh, what kind of vehicle manufacturer, Ryan? Oh, that'd be my good friends at Acura. And uh, hey, the, the engine runs smooth in that car. Why would you say that's the case? Uh, Japanese and American engineering coming together to form an amazing product. Cool. What about the oh. damn oil? Oh, right. Uh, it's the Valvoline I put in it, which I recently got my oil changed when I went to VIR last time, added Valvoline instant oil change in Raleigh-Durham when I went to hang out with our good friend Shannon Davis. So. It's literally what we're using in our car while we drive around the country. However, for this meal, it was just us on our couches. But more importantly, this entire operation, this entire thing that it is that we're doing would not exist if we didn't have one amazing partner that's been with us since day one and still dealing with us today. That would be, you gotta, you gotta do the thing. Continental Tire. Cross contact, LX, Atlanta parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> the favorite one so far was cross contact or LX tire. <laughs> Bill Riley. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. It just occurred to me that was five years ago. <laughs> like I really hadn't done the actual math. Like, oh, wow. I like that. I like that the way Bill said it was like, yeah, five, five years. <laughs> No, it was it was five. My five years were a lot harder than your guys' five years. I know that much. <laughs> Mine were like dog years. It was like thirty-five for me. Why do you say that? <laughs> Dude, no you reason. got married. Yeah, you, you got, got married. married. Yeah, no, fine. no, no, that's fine. Yeah, that that part was great. Yeah, that part was right, great. right. Nice save. Uh, well, let's talk about. Oh wait, no, even that's not a happy time. <laughs> I was about to say. Let's talk about what you're doing today. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, so I, 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 can I talk about that. you you're you're currently in Texas. Yes. And I I saw some photos. You were at MSR Houston. Uh, yep. And uh, I saw some photos with with the Ford GT that you guys ran two years ago. Yep. Yep. Year and a half ago at Le Mans. Mm -hmm. Great story. Yeah. Great story. <laughs> Want to leave it there? <laughs> 
No, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. All right. Well, what, what, what were you doing today? Well, uh, Ben Keating has four uh, race cars that I was involved with. Um, the Ford GT, uh, the AMG GT3 car, and then two Vipers. And they, they've been sitting really since Ben put them into his collection. Right. And uh, I think if Ben wants to go to a racetrack sometime, he needs to, uh, you know, pull them out and make sure they all work. So that's what uh, that's what we did is we pulled them out. And, you know, and uh, he has a, a mechanic that works on stuff. And that guy kind of did a light prep. And then I brought down a bunch of guys and some engineers and made sure everything's still working on them. So we went to the AMG and the Ford GT today and tomorrow are two Vipers. So something like the Ford, I genuinely don't know this. Is that a car that can be run with uh, with with just a couple of guys going out to to get it out there? Uh, you you need someone to plug in to make okay. sure everything's going good. We had a uh, a good guy here today, uh, plug in, make sure all the systems were working. Then the the lead mechanic, uh, uh, Steve Floyd, who works for me, who was a lead mechanic at Lamar, was with the car also, and you know checking all the mechanicals. Because so. I have to think that in like the vintage market, as modern cars become vintage, I have to think that's going to be one of the biggest stumbling blocks in sort of yeah. the restoration future is that there's so many of the cars now are electronic that, you know, what does a kind of a mom and pop shop that normally services old historic cars, what are they going to do when GT3 cars become the norm? Exactly. I mean, I think really right now the perfect vintage car is, a, is like a Trans Am car, you know, something right. real simple. There's still... You could you could inject it if you want to, or you could run a carburetor, and it's a simple V8, a simple gearbox, a simple rear end. You could put a nice safety seat in it and go run it all day long. Right. You know, um, but everything else is kind of goes one way or the other. The test you guys ran, or the sort of shakedown or whatever it was that you ran today. Yeah. Which fuel tank was in the car? Ooh, man! Wow. Straight to and it. I just want to point out that Sean said that Sean Heckman, yeah, yeah from three thousand miles away. I'm still I, I not, not the guy the car, that works in the paddock. Still, I think right now that car is still legit to how it ran at Le Mans. Oh wow! Yeah, I think it's, but it's, you know, I think it's legit to how it ran. I don't think we've changed it. So we talked about we this wrote. with Ben, and I'm sure you've yeah. given interviews, but now with the. I'm sure that wound is still there, but with the oh, wound yeah. somewhat. Well, say, I mean, I mean, uh, the Sunday of that we won was the best day of was the best day of my racing career. Right. And the Monday was my worst. So to set this up, just in case people don't know the story, <clears throat> 2019, uh, mm -hmm. Riley running that Ford that we're talking about with Ben Keating wins the 24 Hours of Le Mans. You cr or you cross the finish line first, and then you get DNQ'd not too much uh, later, a day later. Uh, because of a minor, minor discrepancy in, in the capacity of the fuel cell. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, uh, you know, first off, you know, you know, when it, when it all came out on the web, you know, it, uh, we were illegal. So, you know, they had their right to throw us out. Um, we weren't trying to be illegal. You know, we weren't like, you know, thinking about, Hey, let's just go ahead and make the fuel tank, you know, three tenths of a liter bigger. Because all the advantage it'll have at Le Mans, you know that's that's something you would do at Lime Rock, not at Le Mans. And uh, so it, it's it's something it's something that slipped through our fingers on 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 that. And, and to so sort that, of clarify that, that the the track is so big that another twenty yards isn't going to really do a whole lot of good. No, right. no, I think we're burning around seven liters a lap. Okay, you know, so it's not going to get you another lap. Right. 
uh, or, or anywhere close. You're, you know, you're never going to be that close that that's right. going to make a difference. Right. So, but but the rules in the rule book, and when we paid the entry fee, the rule book was out, so we knew it was in there. You know, so it's not like they did something real tricky. Um, so anyway, that it was just a really bad day. You know, it's just a real, you know, big, you know, it was a big kick in the gut. But uh, you know, but it was still the Sunday. You, you just have to think about the Sunday. You know, of, of how great it was. I mean, I remember, you know, I was pretty emotional came out to go to victory lane and I came out from the little booth we were in, you know, in our pit box and there's bill Ford shaking my hand. Yeah. You know, so it's like, Whoa, you know, you know, then that, then that's kind of the big wake up call that this really means something. Yeah. That, uh, Mr. Ford is shaking your hand. Um, you know, so that, that was pretty cool. And, you know, that night we had a great, great time with the crew and the sponsors. And then, you know, obviously the next day was horrible. At what point did you realize something was up? When they scanned the car to check the body clearances and Tyler Hook was super, super on top of making sure the scan was okay during the weeks, the, you know, the tech week leading up. Right. Um, and, and to a point where, you know, I thought he was being overly obsessive and the car got, they scanned it three times trying to find something. Wow. Now, and, and to like clarify, going, you're the, like, you're the only Ford in the AM category. And yeah. the other Fords, as we're told, uh, were heavily scrutinized as well in the pro category. But go on. Yep. And I and when I, when they were kept scanning the car, I'm like uh, I'm like this is bad. And then it starts to like play back in my head. It's like you know I, I have a, I have a I have a lot of people that I know at Le Mans because you know I've been going there a long time, and some people I've even worked with on teams that are now there, and on and on. And then all of a sudden it's like you know all those people were a little cold to me this year. You know, and that's uh, you kind of get that feeling because you're there for three and a half weeks. You're like, you know, all, all the people I usually know at Lamar were a hair on the cold side. And then all of a sudden it starts to all ramp up in your head. Like, I think I'm in trouble. You, you know, that kind of thing. Like before I the think, race I even starts, just the, the, the no, tone was, of your walking yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't, it didn't connect in my head. No, I understand. Know, that, right, that, right. that was an issue. But yeah. then when you're in tech and the cars there getting scanned over and over, you're like, I might be in trouble. Like this, this is going to be bad. You, you know, you got to brace yourself for this being bad is what I was trying to tell myself. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and so when it was, you know, unfortunately I'm the one that had to call uh, Ben to tell him, you know, and that wasn't much fun. And then at the same time, uh, you know, that's probably the second worst thing I've ever had to do at a racetrack. And then, uh, and then you, then it's just like, how do we want to handle this? You know? And do we want to write this a scathing a press release or do we want to come back and try to win this thing someday? And um, we took the high road and Ben took the high road and I didn't make any kind of release because, you know, I didn't want to be open any kind of ridicule. And, and, that, and that's what we did. And, you know, so the tank was a little too big and we fueled the hair too fast. Um, not too sure how the other cars behind us were teched, if at all. So it was just kind of a, uh, it was just a bad day for us. But the Sunday was awesome. So how, I guess what, what I've been wondering is how has life changed for you at the racetrack since all of our shenanigans? Um, funny enough, I think that uh, people, some people think I'm more approachable than I used to be. Is that a good or, or a bad so, thing? I mean, yeah, that's good and bad. Okay. And uh, so, I mean, I think it's all good. I, I, you know, I think it's all good. I don't think you guys have put me through anything that's like really bad. You know, it's just, you know. So you're saying we can go further. Is. 
No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, that's what I'm, I just I'm heard. <laughs> yeah, it's probably it's like Sean. I'm just, I'm just saying I don't want to be the punching bag for dinner with racers. Look out your window uh, right now, you know. Bill. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm sure you guys are both out there. Great. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you've actually become more more of like a mascot for us than anything. And my favorite question from fans, uh, obviously we didn't see any this year, unfortunately, but like, you know, since we started doing all our, our fun, fun and games with you is everyone says, why, like, why, why is he okay with this? And, and I just shrug and start laughing and then they laugh too. And it's like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, on we go to the next question. I think, uh, I think when it all kind of started, I, I talked to Mary, uh, my wife, Mary, and I said, you know, if I tell these guys, no, they're going to do it anyway, and it's going to yeah. be worse. But if I go along <laughs> exactly with it, how this works. like I have, I have a chance. Not, I'm not going to steer the ship because we know that ain't going to work. But maybe I can get on every now and then for a boat ride, kind of thing. Sure, so, right. So I kind of, I kind of have to go with it because you guys don't really give everybody the choice. It's like I'm in the mob or something. I'm just done. <laughs> You're patched. You're patched. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a, I mean, to Ryan's point, people are like, how is Bill with this? Um, how much permission did we ask you to do any of this? Not, uh, not too much, really. Yeah, not I'm gonna go with much. none. Uh, there, there really wasn't any. Um, no, you never really have asked too much. You've asked a couple times if it's okay and that kind of thing, but, but no, there never really was. You know, the whole, uh, hey, we're gonna do this. What do you think about this cardboard cutout in a video? Oh, no, yeah. that never was really. That was positioned to me like a text the night before it got released. I believe. Oh no, it wasn't it even said, positioned. Yes. It was just an apology with it, no clarification. No, yeah, it was, it was right. an apology. Right. It, yeah. said, it said sorry. Ryan's like, yeah, I'm, not, he's, I'm never going to drive for him anyway, so I don't give a shit anyway. Yeah. But, you know, and, and Sean, you know, you're you're a good guy and you have a soul, so I mean, you like said sorry, and that was it. Yeah. So the night before we launched the Bill Riley rap video, Ryan and I both texted you the night before, and we it planned yeah. this whole thing out. Yeah, this was, it, yeah, and we didn't say, "Hey, just so you know, this is what's coming." I think Ryan just—I don't know what you said, Ryan, but I think I, 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 I sent it came from a place of love. <laughs> And, and that's it. Yeah. But no, and and then he called me right away, and I did the one thing a driver should never do, which is not answer a team owner calling you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, cause I was trying like because AMG was looking for a. Fa- I'm a sure they to were be their I'm factory sure. guy, and I'm like, Ryan right. never leaves it. And, but you wouldn't yeah. answer my call that night. So. Yeah, that's anyway, what, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. oh well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I text just basically saying like, I just want to say I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, I think the next. Yeah, I think the next time I saw you, Ryan, was like at the SEMA show. And yeah, you were like, that's right. Kind of like sizing, sizing me up, going, man, is, it, is, this, is this left pocket full of sand? Is he going to throw that straight in my face and start punching me? <laughs> right. That's right. like the looks on your face that you have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar, and uh, there's a lot of witnesses, on my, like which I was thankful for because it was outside on that pavilion. Yeah. And, and I was like, uh, should we take a selfie? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> We did. I remember that. All good. All good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you announced today some new team owner, or sorry, team managers that you're bringing in and moving around and everything. So yeah. I figured it'd be a good time to start talking some shit about Ben Levite. Is it Levite or Levitt? Levite. Levite. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I know he listens, and uh, he's always nice and friendly in the in the paddock. So I figured, why don't we just start tormenting him as well? As a trickle down effect. Why? why? Why would you do that to that guy? He's, he's such a good guy. Why? Leave him out of this. That's you but just answered but, your own but question. No, but, 
But no, actually, no, you can go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So <laughs> so ba- the rumor is is that he uh, he kicked over a little kid on a bicycle and everybody saw it. Is that true or false? Well, I have not heard that one. We don't have to really go there, but illegitimate son. That That is – I cannot answer that one, but I think okay. it's a false. I think that's DNA a false. DNA test pending. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going with a false on that one, a big false. All right, Internet, you know he's what to a, do. He's, engage, he's engaged to a great person. So I'm going with a false. Is he currently on a redemption story arc? I don't know what redemption it would be, but we'll let the internet no. decide. Can the internet no. tell us that we have no time for his redemption story arc? This is—I I don't know why you guys are off on this tangent. This is like a. <laughs> have you have you have you met us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, is this how far you have to go? Is Holy it a work crap. release program? And what was the crime? <laughs> <laughs> that could, I should get a tax break for him for sure, but uh, I don't know about work for this. <laughs> no, he's, he's been with me for nine years now. Uh, started right out of college as a data engineer on the Viper program. And uh, he's really fairly good with business, so he uh, fell into that role really well. Yeah, I see him every weekend. It seems like we're always really close to, uh, at least this season, in, in the Michelin pilot class. Oh, that's right, yeah. You guys are almost always next to us in pit lane, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. always just eyeballing stuff. And I, I like seeing the young guys come up through the ranks because that's how I had to do yeah. it. And right. he seems to be really ahead of his of his years because I think he's same age as me, maybe even younger, and has you know really good head on his shoulders. He's in his early thirties. Yeah, so he's he's doing a lot for you. Yeah. When he showed up, because I've had this experience not necessarily with with Ben at all, but was he quiet or was he the kind of guy that would talk himself out of a out of a job? Uh, he was fairly quiet. I think though, like he graduated college, like in May, whatever May date and went straight into the Viper program. And I remember like the second week I walked by his desk and he had a list and it had the days next to it and how many hours he worked on each day. And I'm going, Oh no, Uh-oh. like this isn't good. <laughs> you know, cause Here like comes the week class one, action. like you're, your week one out of college for him, right. I think we did not. I think we did ninety six hours that week. Yep, right, which, which is a lot. I was going to say like, slow week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, the Viper program at the beginning wasn't a lot of fun. So it wasn't a lot of. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't, but it was a lot of hours. And when he was t- keeping track of hours, I'm like, man, I'm like, you shouldn't. People in racing don't do that. So yeah. that's probably the only. <laughs> Like Wait, so was he legitimately doing that just to like understand the labor side of it, or was he trying to no, track I think some he, data? No, he was doing it. I think he was just keeping it for like his personal records, you know, oh, more like his, for his memoirs, you know, like right. hey, this is how many hours I worked, you know. So. Wow, the time that Bill Riley gave me hypertension. <laughs> exactly, my first week out of college. Yeah, right. right. It's all downhill from here, kid. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting for the great story that, no, 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 it turned out he was, like, logging how to be more efficient for the company and stuff like that. No, no, he really just was the kid that we're all talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, he wasn't trying to log, no, he wasn't trying to be more efficient for the company back then. So. <laughs> so what's crazy is that since we sat down in 2015, you've gone through an entire program. Like, yeah. Because when we sat down in 2016, the, the Viper program was phasing out. You were bringing yep. in the new uh, AMG GT3 AMG's. program. Yep. And, and – I don't want to speak out of school, but it's effectively kind of moving away for the sake of the new LMP3 stuff that you're doing, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then there was the LMP2 build. Also oh, we're going to ask about that. 
Great. And, uh, yeah, so the AMG thing, you know, that was a four-year-long program, and that's that's done, and now we're LMP3 and with the Supra. So not we're not – we don't like talking too much racing, as you know, but um, mm-hmm. my read on you, the person and the business owner, I feel like the LMP3 thing might be more your style. Uh, I think right now the way racing is where everything's homologated and I, I think that, you know, like as a car constructor, uh, I'm still doing some construction projects, uh, race car construction and restoration projects, but you have to kind of hone in on having a really, really good race team. And um, we're, I'm lucky because I have a lot of really good people. And uh, so I think we're going to have a really good team this year for LMP3. Right. But my read on P3, and again, I don't run a race team, but P3, you know, obviously you have different chassis, but they've been running long enough and they're also homologated yeah. at the kind of the balancing between all those chassis is pretty straightforward at this point. You're running a spec engine um, and yeah. the customer driver rules are, I would argue, much better defined than say GT3 racing. Um, yeah. So to me, from yeah. a business model standpoint, it allows a guy like you who who just wants to run an effective race team and not get too caught up in lobbying or how to manipulate a system best. It seems like this is more better suited for a guy like you who just runs a very efficient group. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you, you know, the BOP has a, there's a reason there's BOP and it's justified and, but it's not much fun to be involved in. And uh, this is kind of a, uh, a different, a different thing where you don't have to deal with that. I can just work on trying to make the cars as, as best we can. And, uh, we're, and I don't want to say we're playing catch up, but obviously, you know, it is a new part of us this year and some people have ran a multiple years already. So we're in a bit of catch up, but the Lige is a pretty good car right out of the box. We had a good test at Daytona two weeks ago, so we should be pretty strong. I looked at the LMP3 thing and seeing that you put a team together, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is really good." Because you have what was it four manufacturers of chassis? Uh, yeah, I believe there's four right now. Yeah, and it's everybody with the same motor, same tire. You know, it's not as crazy as gt3 where you'll have a front engine car trying to go get into the mid engine and all that right. stuff yeah and when it comes down to who i could pick to try to find an advantage in a small window it's got to be bill riley especially when it comes to prototypes so sean and i talked about this when when you had mentioned to me that you were going to go to a, a p3 program a few months ago and and we both laughed because it was like oh man like talk about sweet spot you get to actually focus on developing and finding ways to make a car faster instead of probably yeah. worrying about BOP and things like that, which to us seems like something you might enjoy more. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have a, a real good, real good, my, my main track engineer, Tyler hook, who's been with me since 07, you know, he, he's run, runs one of the car map and which who is at Chrysler and, and ran the Viper wearing one of the Vipers and AMG he, and one of the AMGs he's on the other car. And we're all really good friends. Uh, you know, when Tyler got married a few years ago, we were both in his wedding. So, like, we all get along really well. So it's fun to be with those two guys uh, trying to make these cars better. Yeah. And when I say make them better, you know, I'm talking about uh, springs and setups and thirds right. and bump rubbers and all that. Now, do you do you have to clarify that because you're Bill Riley and you make cars too? Yeah. <laughs> I have to fix this mistake that this guy made. I mean, uh, it's homologated. Yeah. It's homologated. Right, right. Yeah. Were you the AMG kind of lobbyist for all those GT3 calls? Uh, for the BOP calls? Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. Um, Matt Benarowicz did it, who worked for us as a contractor. Okay. So and I that think was like the his last specialty? Year, 
What's that? And that was sort of like his focus was to, to yeah, he did the same thing with the, the Viper, make the case. Okay. Yeah, so he would do all the reports. Okay. Uh, to uh, that would go to him, so I'd approve them, and he'd send. Uh, I'd approve them, and then uh, Stephen Wendell from AMG would approve them, and then they'd go on to IMSA. So I like the, okay. So this isn't necessarily a funny conversation, but I legitimately don't know what those calls are like. Um, you know, because in my head it's like you and. Alvin Springer and then, you know, somebody from Audi or whatever, and, and you're all kind of making yeah. your case. But I don't know. Is it data-driven? Is it just somebody bitching? Like, what? how do these go on a week-to-week it's, basis? It's every, I mean, it's everything. It changes year-to-year on their philosophy. But there are some people uh, that don't talk at all on the calls, and they may have private calls with them, so and raise holy hell. <laughs> and there's other people that are kind of stand up, and when IMSA says, do you have any comments, yeah. they actually – say what they're thinking okay and you know so you kind of you kind of get a little bit of feel of who's for real and who's not in terms of like who's going to be i don't want to say underhanded but who's going to be a little bit more sneaky about how they do it versus who's right exactly where where did you stand bill riley (laughs) uh we would we would probably speak up pretty well on the calls okay um (laughs) somebody previously previously mentioned does not I don't know what you're saying, Bill Riley. Shut. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying that you know there's, there were all different tactics on how to do it. Right. So but, you know, you're very so. Uh, never mind. I'm not going any further. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now let's let's ruin some careers let's, here. Well, I don't care. I'm not getting hired. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> exactly. But you know, for, but this year, let's say with the with the Toyota Super running in in GS, you know, that'll be TRD will be making all those calls and making all those reports. So, like, you know, we will give them feedback, and then they will take that information and, and make a report or make suggestions to go to IMSA on, on what they want. But I think this year, this year is probably the best year for BOP, I, I would think. But uh, I, I guess my question is, so, like, when you say you put together the reports, um, again, that's not really what we're about, but I don't know what that report is. Is it just you sort of reporting based on the telemetry we see we're down this much on a straight or if we added this much weight we'd be able to make this much back or i genuinely don't know what a report um, is it, it would show the advantages of certain cars okay and then it would show um what we need to do to be in that window of b- being a good car or what the good cars need our suggestions on taking them off and what sort of data and sets I, are you using yeah we so we'd use the data from timing and scoring Okay, so like in this loop, this car performed better than yeah. we did? Okay. Yep, and then you'd have to watch the race to understand like, oh, well, you know, that car got hit on lap two, so no wonder it was a dog all, all day. Right. So you'd write, okay, this car got hit, you know, this make car got hit on lap two, so, uh, it, you know, you can't really look at that it was really bad this race just because it was in an accident right off the bat. I see, okay. You know, and, and limped around for two and a half hours. But it's primarily just loop data and yep. then comparisons. Yep. Okay. That's it. That's all. I just genuinely didn't know. Uh, the problem with BOP, um, the only problem, well, no, I shouldn't say the only problem, yeah, but any just problem one. with BOP is you have, you have a fast car and you have a slow car and you have cars in between and there's a window in there. Let's say it's half a percent. The, the problem is the fast cars and the slow cars have to rotate around. You can't always have the fast car being, you know, at the at the at the within half a percent of everybody else week after week after week, right? Because they'll just dominate the series, right? You know, you'll be within your half percent, but you're going to be the best car still. Sure. So that's the problem: is BOP always has to change to rotate cars around, right? So, so we call that TCR. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, what, I, what I was involved. What you were mentioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and sometimes 
on newer classes, they have to take bigger swings at it, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, like when you look at IMSA and you that look at them amazing. making all the, That was amazing yeah. what you just yeah. did. I am so impressed right there. But some, but sometimes, you know, when, but, but, you know, like when IMSA does those calls and does all those reports, you know, there's not job applications flowing into IMSA to get that job. Oh, like, for that's sure. not fun. You know, like that's a horrible job to have to sort out the BOP for all these cars. Absolutely horrible. Not to get too much into opinions and editorial nonsense, but he, like, and we're not helping it by having this conversation, but <laughs> B, I, BOP to me is kind of a necessary evil in the sense that I oh, think yeah. everyone on this call or anyone who genuinely works in the paddock gets that the closeness of the competition, the ability to keep all the manufacturers happy is critical. Yep. Um, is it possible that the fundamental problem is that we won't all shut the f*** up? In other um, words, like you yeah, guys can have your arguments on a BOP call, but the second it shows up in a press release because you don't want to admit that maybe you were just fifth, yeah. um, that maybe that's part of the problem because as far as fans are concerned, that could be off-putting that every fifth place on down car is just bitching that they were on the losing end of this. Yeah, well, I mean, let's say if there's 10 different manufacturers and let's say I win a race, uh, you know, there's nine people complaining. Right. But there's actually 10 because I'm complaining that I should have won by more. Right. You know, right. so, <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't work. That's but, not, you know, I think. That, go ahead. I would say that's not special to you either. Like, that's everybody doing that, right? Yeah. 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 And then. <laughs> but so my point is that it, it shows up publicly. Like, of course, that's your job when you're politicking with IMSA. I, I totally understand mm -hmm. that. It's where, and everyone is guilty of this drivers, teams, manufacturers, but everyone goes on social media or press releases or whatever. And talks about how they're on the losing end of the stick. And I believe that creates a lack of faith in the system from people who may not necessarily understand that this is just what we do. I, yeah, I don't think you, I mean, um, I think Ben Keating probably made it up, made up for a lot for me, but I don't, I didn't complain too much publicly about BOP just because it's not easy. So I think it's a, a, a society change almost is why BOP is around and everybody has to win. Everybody has to win. Right. No. But, but that's a real threat in the sense that, like, we talk, we, we love to make the joke that everybody gets a trophy. But if exactly. we don't take that mentality, do man, do manufacturers leave if we don't take that mentality? I they genuinely do. don't know. They do. Yeah, yeah. for sure. If, if a manufacturer is paying that money to be there and all the activation money and, and they don't have a chance to win and IMSA says, okay, you know, you're going to, you're going to, next year we'll take care of you. And it's, you know, and we're at Sebring. So we have, you know, a long way to go. They're going to lose interest. You know, so you have to, it has to rotate through to make everybody, no manufacturers getting into this except to win. Right. Well, enough about racing. Okay. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, 2020 is the year of COVID and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And you guys did something super awesome. I'm a little disappointed. I haven't seen Mark Miller wearing one of these yet at the racetrack. But oh, talk yeah. to us about the Riley Paper Mask Project and how does that even Start, I don't know if I'm saying that right. The PAPR mask. Yeah. That's so cool. System. Yeah. How did that all come about? So uh, we do, we're real friends, friendly with CORE, you know, down in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. They got a call that they couldn't take care of, of a, a, a hospital needing um, emergency equipment or, you know, PAPR equipment. You know, PAPR is a pressurized, you know, air filter system. And... Um, so we took it on and we got, and at the same time, uh, you know, when, when no one knew what was going to happen with COVID, no one knew 
who's going to shut down. You know, this is all new to us. You know, I mean, no society, recent society has gone through this. My dad says the closest he can remember to this is when he was a kid during World War II. You know, it was that same feeling. So we don't know what's going to happen. So we start, start working on this PAPR system uh, mainly to, so we can keep open in case restrictions really start to hurt us. Right. Because we want to, we've got to stay open. So, so this and, could be a uh, shift to become essential, basically not knowing what yeah, North Carolina was going to do. Right. Okay. So we started it and we just kept working on it and working on it and working on it. And we're still kind of, we're to the point where the pre-production prototypes are done. And now it's time to go to uh, high, high dollar production tooling, you know, for injected plastic. And I think we've, and it's also, uh, you know, getting our, we have a few things that are patented on it and we're getting, getting our patent sorted out. And then that's probably why it's kind of gone a little quiet is that um, we want to make sure we get our patents in order before it gets released a little bit, but, but production's getting ready to start. And if you haven't seen this yet and you're listening, it's, it's like the full on, you know, enclosed helmet with a tube that runs down to a waist belt that has a filter and everything pumping fresh air. Is that the deal? Yeah. It's similar to that. I mean, it's uh, like I said, we got to get the patents taken care of, but it's, you know, the filter to filter out the virus you can't really breathe through it. It's too thick. So this, this one needs a fan motor to, to pull the air through it and then to pressurize around your head so that none of the, none of it can get in. You're always pressurized. And this helmet, it keeps, if, if you're in a room full of people with, with COVID, it, it helps you prevent from getting it. If you have COVID, this helmet does you no good. You know, right. it's gotcha. the same. Right. This would more, know, be more of a first response kind of. Yeah, yes, more, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. So this keeps you, if you don't have COVID, this is, this is what you would wear, if, you know, for that reason. Can we get Mark Miller to wear one at Daytona, whether he's driving something or not? Yeah, I think so. We'd just have to, he would just have to probably pay, pay him to do it. <sighs> He'll do anything You're, for money, you know that. You well, know. obviously, I mean, yeah. he is a race car yeah. driver, so. Yeah, yeah, he might, he might. But it's a pretty good, it's a pretty cool system. And we made some innovations based on what's available in the marketplace. Uh, we're in the same price range. It's the stuff in the market, in the marketplace. So we're just kind of really dotting our I's and crosses our T's before it goes to market. So I don't know if you knew this, Bill. Um, I am in the business of marketing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, are you familiar with Doomsday Preppers? Yes. Those are your people. Right. Yeah. Can we please do those videos? <laughs> <laughs> well you know the really the people are uh cruise ships they might want to have one on for every i don't think passenger. you want us doing videos for cruise ship people no we have our, 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 i listen i listen to ben keen's uh <laughs> <laughs> thing the other day and, uh, <laughs> so yeah yeah and I, I do remember how much i i think i was did, was i the one that kind of helped try to talk you guys out of doing that i don't yeah. know if we did we tell you yeah about you it? tried yeah, yeah, I tried it. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely uh, didn't encourage it. Like, I know that we weren't just playing that up for the sake of the podcast. Like Ben's body language mm -hmm. significantly oh, yeah. changed yeah. when we brought that thing up, like more so than yeah. anything oh, yeah. else. And yeah. we talked about some heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> and he's yes, like, yes, yeah. "Don't joke about the cruise ship." Yeah, the single most dramatic yeah. experience seems to be the amount of money he spent on that cruise ship. You went on that, right? I did. How was it? <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Mary and I had a well, you know, I had a I, actually I shouldn't say I had a, I had a crappy. I, the part that was crappy was um, 
It was right after Sebring. Yeah, right. Um, Ben's car won Sebring, the AMG won. I had five cars in the, in the race, in the 12-hour, uh, five cars I was involved with. So one won, and the other four customers were mad. So Right, right. You know, so I had 80% of my customers were upset, and we were dealing with issues, and I was dealing with issues, and I was on calls and everything else during the cruise. So we'd get to port, and I'd have to get on a call and talk to this customer or that customer. So that part wasn't fun. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, it, it still was a good time. Well, that is kind of one of the downsides of a mid season, anything really, because it's like, yeah, well, not even now because now it's Daytona prep, but if it was a normal year, there's like a three week window in October where you can maybe relax. Exactly. And, yeah. I used to go and then straight Ryan from and I the ruined banquet. That. Yeah. I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> we used to, I used to go straight from the banquet. Yeah. Exactly. On vacation. Yeah. Cause that's all you get. Right. If I, if I tried to do that. I'll get to the border and they'll be waiting and they'll be like, Sean Heckman said you, <laughs> you, can't, <Exactly. laughs> you can't go get back in the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now we're so, millionaires. So for, yeah, right. So for the last uh, few months, obviously just to kind of wrap up the COVID thing, um, we did our shows, but as best we could, you know, considering mm-hmm. all the circumstance and, when we were on the road, we started to watch a couple new shows to us that we hadn't seen before. Um, Undercover Boss, we always watched, but we watched it a little bit more in detail. And then uh, 90 Day Fiance, which I had kind of found before our trip started and uh, turned Sean onto. And so now we've both watched these two terrible shows. Uh, what has changed with your TV since COVID mm. and the pandemic and everything? Uh, well, I think, uh, I think Mary and I watch more series, you know, whether it's, you know, watch, obviously we watch Tiger King, we watch the Ozarks, we kind of started yeah. plowing through Expanse, you know, uh, Yellowstone, we've been plowing through all the normal ones. Dinner with Rachel's um, on Prime Video. Uh, yep, 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 yeah. yep, that was another thing, yeah. So, you know, we just kind of did more of that, but, you know, I I, I, I still worked, you know, I worked, sure. I don't know how else to say it, I worked. I, I went to work every day. Now, is that, were you able to do that because you own the company? Because, like, the way we were reading about it before we kind of went on our trip is that, like, Roy Cooper had really shut down, like, what was allowed and, like, a bunch of the NASCAR shops yeah. weren't really open. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we were careful. Uh, we gave everybody a couple weeks off. Um, we, you know, d- did everything we could, made sure that employees were comfortable. If they weren't comfortable, they didn't have to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think everybody wanted to work and I took on, uh, I called around all my customer, my main customer base and I took on some restoration projects, uh, for them, you know? So, uh, for example, the, the Robinsons had George's, uh, 1996, I believe Ferrari challenge championship winning car. Oh, it's cool. been a part for 20 years. So we put that together for George or, you know, we, we did a lot of projects like that, but I, I, I was really lucky. Um, I have really good customers really good yeah. clients and uh that that did it like uh i'm not going to tell the guy's name because he doesn't like to be named on stuff but we're getting ready to go to sebring obviously and he calls me up for the gs race and the uh, gt3 uh, race and he and i and obviously they canceled sebring and i'm trying to deal with customers one-on-one and i haven't gotten to this guy yet mm-hmm. and he calls me up and he says what are we going to do about this being canceled you know and i'm like well you know uh it's just going to move our, our uh, you know, going to move our entry. We don't have to pay the tire bill. We don't have to pay the fuel bill. You know, getting the nitrogen removed. We're the hotels are going to move them to the to the fall. You know, I think I think we're not going to have any kind of extra expenses 
on moving this race right now. And he goes, he goes, that's not what I'm talking about. And I, and I go, <laughs> I, I'm like, well, what, 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 what are you talking about? He goes, on my race team, on my car, there are three flying guys and gals that come help my support my team. Yeah. I go, yeah. He goes, they're expecting to get paid in two weeks. He goes, right. we have to figure out how to get them their money now so they can make their rent and you wow. don't pay their bills. You know, so I had I had like that kind of customer. Yeah. Which yeah. which is was a bit unique, you know, for Did me. Did he then post on so, Instagram himself writing the check and sending it? No. Like, Look <laughs> at me saving the world. He's not that guy. No, he did not. Huh. He did not. No, he did not. So <laughs> I, I, had, I, had, I had customers like that. That's cool. So, yeah. So that, now, that, so that was the good part about, you know, as you saw, I, I, I was lucky because I saw the good in a lot of people during this crisis. Yeah. Just like we did. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So obviously you spent the day with Ben Keating, um, mm-hmm. but Ben's, Ben's not full time with you anymore, but he's like no. still part of the family. Is it weird seeing like, cause obviously you guys had so much success together and basically his entire IMSA career, like started with you guys and, and yeah. got to where it is now. Is it weird seeing him do all this other stuff and not being full time with you? Uh, a little bit, but, but Ben and I think, you know, I think we're, we're pretty good friends. We're obviously very yeah. good. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, and we're not racing against each other and, you know, and we tried to do something this year together, but it didn't work out. Um, a lot of that because of COVID and, you know, people not knowing what to do. So we yeah. tried to, to get together uh, this year and do some stuff, um, but it didn't work out and, and that's all good. And we're a hundred percent good. And, you know, I have a, a, a good group of clients right now, so uh, it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. We had a, we had a great day today and I bought a new, and I bought a new t- minivan from him today. So I think, I think he might've been nice to me just to get the car. Oh, you, bought, I don't you know. bought one from uh, the Keating auto group. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. All right. Yep. That's how this works. We'll bleep that. It does. Yeah. Um, so. Let's say. <laughs> Why? Why would you bleep that? It's a true story. There's people that saw me in the dealership. How so dare we bring this? Biz- story. How dare we say something good yeah. about a former guest? Exactly. <laughs> well, we're uh, just going to bleep that you bought a beep van. That's oh, one. there you go. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. But you bought it you from the Keating Auto but Group. Keating Auto yeah. Group. For what you do. Wait. So I think one legitimately like one of the last times I saw you in person was a couple of years ago. We had Ryan and I and you had uh, lunch at Big Tiny's. Yeah. yeah. And on the car ride back, you made one of my favorite quotes because I'm very guilty of the same thing. You said about every 10 years, I'm good for something real stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm of the impression you were talking about the LMP2 project. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I, when I mean stupid, I mean you know, uh, financially it was horrible right. uh, for us <laughs> so, to recover. So, so to back this up, the, the was it technically 2016 when the new regs came out? Uh, yeah, 2015. So, 2015. So, FIA and IMSA agreed on this, this LMP2 platform where it'd be a commonplace engine, and there were four chassis that could uh vie to, to be sort of the chassis maker for for any given program so one engine four chassis lige orica and one of them was of course riley technologies partnered with multimatic yep and uh, how'd that go you know Areca uh hit, hit it out of the ballpark and uh n- none of the other three of us really did 
and you know we were probably one of the lower into our car but um you know like i said sometimes you uh you don't get it right and that was an example of not getting it right and i you know and we could i could i could look at it a hundred different ways obviously i've lost sleep over it yeah um and, and, and the car just didn't work and um we had mistakes on our side they had mistakes on their side and they had a philosophy we had a philosophy and the way i can explain it the best is that one of us is a shotgun and the other one's a rifle so there were both guns but we go about different ways of doing things and in the, in the two and it just didn't work i still have a, a great deal of respect for larry holt and uh yeah. Stephen charlesley and you know and we still say hello to each other in the paddock and i still still see Stephen around mooresville quite a bit so it's and we still do some work for uh, Multimatic here and there, so um, it just it just unfortunately was a car that it, it, well the, the project just didn't work, um, and you know when you look at the LMP2 projects you know a lot of LMP2 projects uh, didn't work you know when Eureka came out on top very similar to us coming out out on top during the DP era, and uh, and that's just part of building race cars sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't and that was an example of a car that didn't hit it you know simple as that um when we broke up uh obviously there was a lot of money in development that had to go into it and and my father and i we were super huge in debt and um and multimatic had the resources to put the development dollars into it and they did and you know and that's what the monster is now so you know that's uh that's kind of where it is so in a program like that where you know, basically these rules are fairly frozen and, yeah. you know, the reputation in that first year is pretty much what it's going to be. How much of a yeah. hit is something like that? In the sense, like it, once you know this car is going to underperform compared to other cars, you've invested a ton. You, I assume the writing's on the wall that you're not really going to sell these. Um, I mean, obviously it's different for everybody and you, you're pretty spread out as a yeah. business, but I mean, how bad was it? How bad was it? Well, uh definitely the most sleep i've lost over something okay uh after we broke up uh you know the we're using you and multimatic yeah yeah uh financially uh, pretty much destroyed and um and it's kind of funny and i hope this doesn't get too dark uh and i i gotta start i have to say another story before i say this story and i think ryan you might be able to appreciate this um so when you're a kid and you're 18 or 19 and you're working on race cars, you usually, if you're fortunate enough, like you, Ryan, you were, you were with your, around your dad, right? Correct? Yep. 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 And I was around my dad and I was around a lot of great mechanics and probably you were too. And when you're at that age and you go on and you're trying to buy tools, you buy snap on tools. Absolutely. Because these, these guys you're around tell you, this is what, you know, these are the best tools. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so you bought, yeah, I was around great mechanics growing up. I was around Gary Pratt and I was around um, Jimmy Frazier and this other guy, David Keene, and they were great mechanics. And they say, you need to buy Snap-on tools and be done with it. So when I was 18 and 19 and 20, I bought Snap-on tools. I had more money in tools than I had in my car. Like I had a lot of tools. So, and I still have all those same tools today in my house when I work on stuff at my house. So, uh, it was getting pretty bad. We owed roughly a hundred vendors money, um, a lot of money. And a lot of these vendors are our friends that we've dealt with forever. And we had to go see a bankruptcy lawyer. 
me and my dad went to go see a bankruptcy lawyer to see how to get out of this. Wow, is that bad? Yeah, oh yeah. And um, so, you know, he tells us a deal and you're allowed to have $4,500 of household goods when you take your house and all this kind of stuff and on and on and on, this whole list. And it's really, there's three choices. You can, um, you can kill yourself, you can file for bankruptcy, or you can fight your way out, you know? So it's as simple as that. Right. So I uh, went to the bankruptcy lawyer, you know, in downtown Charlotte, met with him, went back to the house. Uh, I was working on, I think my old, I had, an, I had an old truck at the time. I was working on that, you know, some old truck. And it had, this truck had more problems than a runover dog. It was like everything was broken on it. So I'm using my snap-on tools. And I'm thinking about the meeting. And I go, I go, $4,500. I mean, that's not a lot of money for household goods, you know, because I got a TV and I have this stuff and I have that stuff and I have a bed and a dresser and on and on. Then all of a sudden, you know, I, I think about, I, I go to my briefcase and I read what else to include and includes household tools. You know, I'm like, holy shit. And then I'm, then I thought to myself right there, I go, you know, and I hate, hate to say this, but you know, that if they're going to take my snap my tools you know <laughs> there's no there's no way i'm giving up my tools right you know right? these this. are my snap-on tools yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it's uh, like your lifelong collection i understand i know and then yeah. at that point um we decided to fight our way out and that's what we did <laughs> so that's, that's you know, the best and a lot story. of a lot of vendors work with us uh some vendors had to get a bit nasty because of covenants on their loans you know sure. that they were yeah. fighting yeah yeah. But most vendors work with us and we, and we got our way out. That's awesome. So that's kind of that, and, you know, just recently. So it took, you know, three or three or four years to do it. That's it. Cause this was when it was really going south was about 2016, 2017, 2019. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, wow. and some, we had to reach out to a lot of people to help us. And a lot of people did help us wow. to, to get through, you know, and, and every week, you know, every week I had to work on finding payroll for Wednesday. That's all I had to do. And I was lucky enough we didn't miss any payroll checks to any of our employees. So it was it was a tough it was a tough fight. It's the toughest thing I've ever it's the toughest thing I've ever had to do. I really appreciate your vulnerability on discussing that because obviously you're one of the most successful people to ever do it in our sport. And I think that's the other lesson is that from the outside looking in, it's like you know Riley Technologies, Riley Motorsports is killing it. You know, they've got all these big deals. They've won all these big things. And you are by far the standard for our sport. And you're yeah. having to fight stuff like that sometimes. I mean, that's just, that yeah. shows you how rough this business is. Well, especially up to recently. Yeah. I mean, this has been going on every every week, you say, for the last several years. And how many times yeah, have I mean, we I all think, interacted? I think the last year and a half I got okay. But there was right. about a year and a half where it wasn't. So pretty much, you know, beginning of 17, when all the tooling costs come in from the LMP2, yeah. You're like, we're, we are in trouble. You wow. know, kind of one of those kind of things. But but, from the outside looking yeah, I mean, in, no example, one would have known. And meanwhile, Sean and I are like, let's get a cardboard cutout. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a rap song yeah, exactly. about this guy exactly. trying to make payroll. Get, yeah, get the drone. I've got this gold necklace and some, some cool pants. Exactly. <laughs> let's make a rap video. And you're like, yeah, that's cute. Yeah. They're going to take cute. my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, for example, I had to do a lot of stuff. I'm, I wasn't happy. With. I had to sell all my Rolexes oh, to make wow. pay, to make payroll. Yeah. God. So, so now I need more. Did you see that rap video though that we made? I mean, I Pretty, saw good. Rap video, Jimmy. Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> good. 
pretty good. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, that definitely cheered me right up. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, it definitely cheered me right up. When you just woke up and there was a video with your name all over it? Yeah. You're like, like yeah, oh, one, more, cool. one more thing. Yeah. Thanks, guys. But, you know, like, but, you know, and I've always, you know, people can tell, can look, talk, talk to me and my father about, you know, what we've done in business, good or bad. But, you know, we're, we're risk takers. You know, we're, we, we take risks to do stuff. And, um, and I don't have any ill feelings against Multimatic or anything like that. We just did a car together that didn't work, and you just kind of move on, you know? And, uh, and there were mistakes on both sides, and that was that. But it, it sort of this is one of the reasons why, I wanted to, why we wanted to talk to you is that sort of from the outside looking in, going back yeah. in the last decade, you could look at the Riley tent, and everything looks great. Championship winning mm-hmm. cars, Daytona winning cars, half the prototype field for a little while. And... The, the the thing that I really would want to take away from that is that one bad car and the investment from that can undo all of that. That's how risky this business is. That one program can just wipe yeah. you all out. And that's not just yeah. you. That is, I mean, Ligier could have this happen. Any race team could have this happen. It, it, it's it, it's why well, I would never want to do what you do. If you, if you look at, if you look at other people's LMP2 programs, let's just talk about LMP2. Um, Ligier's and Delar's LMP2 cars weren't much different faith than where ours was. Right. You know, they just... Well, that's you, one of the you, downside you know, when you freeze the rules. If there's one standout car, yeah. I mean, it doesn't right. matter if it's the second best car. It's not the best car. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but but obviously, Delar did good with the Cadillac, and, you know, and obviously, uh, um, so, I mean, they, they were better than, than us for sure. But, but, you know, but what Maltimatic's done with the Massa, is is pretty is pretty cool, right? Yeah. So let's just give big shout out to Mary because she married you, knowing all of yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, she was there. She didn't she didn't waver at all. You know, and the other thing that I was really disappointed at about that whole thing about marrying going to about, about <laughs> oh, getting married. No, 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 no. Back up to the LMP two. Is during that whole stressful time, you know, fighting, 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 fighting for everything, and. uh and you know, I I realized that I'm not a good drinker because I didn't. I when I would get stressed, I didn't want to have a drink. So I, I like I didn't drink during all that time either, which oh, kind of really upset me because you know I, yeah. I'm like, man, I thought I was better than this, and I and I wasn't. Same. I let myself down. I know. I let myself. I, down. I love that you let yourself down because you recognize that this could be a really bad behavior. I'm well, so disappointed. No, right yeah, now. I'm so disappointed no, in myself well, that no. I'm not a complete reckless drunk. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's how I was. I was like, man, I, I just, I wish I, I wish I wanted a drink right now, but I don't. You know, it was one of those kind of things. It oh, so was it wasn't like fighting opposite. an urge because you knew it was a really bad place to be drinking. Right. You just exactly. didn't want it. Man. Oh, I don't even know yeah. you anymore. Exactly. exactly. Well, it was nice talking to you, Phil. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, a lot of people stuck with me and a lot of people helped me out when yeah. they could. And, yeah. you know, I would, uh, you know, it's at one point I, I knew that I was stuck and uh, my father and I made a list of people that I needed to call or email to look for uh, money to help make it. And, yeah. you know, and, and some people would call you back and said they couldn't help. And like uh, one predominant uh, team owner in the industry, I sent him an email and, uh, you know, and I've known him longtime family uh, friend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I put send on the email and it was not a lengthy email, but then no email. I hit send and about 30 seconds later, I got a call back and, yeah. and he said, he's like, what do we need to do? You guys cannot go out of business. Like wow. it was, and then, and then, and like at that point too, kind of like the tool 
the tool, uh, you know, when the tool thing came up in my head, I'm like, well, we, we're going to make it now because this guy says we have to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I didn't, I ended up not needing his help, but to know that I had that net there, yeah. Yeah. That, that did it also. Yeah. So, wow. Well, just to know that you yeah. have that kind of support. Yeah. And that you're, you're yeah. not yeah. in it alone. Right, exactly. And all the employees, you know, they all, they all fought hard too. You know, they were, they didn't mind doing weird jobs in the shop to make a little bit of money to make it all work. And that's when I went and did your own NASCAR also. Yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was, so I was traveling to Europe to make my salary, you know, so I didn't have to be a burden on the company as much. And, you know, oh, I see. Right. So this was a way to so get I was just traveling more and more and more just to, yeah, just to make it all work. But, mm-hmm. but, it, but it all worked out. It all worked out. Man. One of the one of the worst words of 2020 for me has been pivot. Yeah. But it sounds like that now I'm doing the math. You have a two car Ferrari challenge team. Is that right? Uh, I'm two cars right now, possibly going up to four. Imagine that. Yeah. So is that one of those things where because that, that's fairly new to you. Like, is this your second season doing that? Uh, yeah, we're finishing our second season and starting our third. Right. So is that something where you're like, look, we obviously are one of the best race teams based on our results and everything. Why shouldn't we be doing, you know, race prep and, and running in that series with our reputation? Yeah, exactly. And it was a good filler. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it fits well, you know, instead of going to Europe uh, to do, let's say, uh, Euro NASCAR, what have you, it, it mm-hmm. fits in well with staying in the U.S. And, um, you know, it just fits well. It's a good clientele. It's a good series. Um, yeah. We're lucky to have really uh, good, fun clients, so that 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 helps it out too. Yeah. You, you know, some some clients, and whether it's Ferrari Challenge or whatever series, you know, IMSA or Lamborghini or wherever, some some clients aren't aren't very much fun. Right. And I have to say, right now, uh, right. Well, the last couple of years, all our clients are are really nice people. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, when really it's that good way. people. Yeah, that's that's a nice that's, thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, and you've got yeah. a, from my outside read, you've got a pretty full roster. You've got a couple Ferrari Challenge deals. Um, yep. You're now up to two P3 cars. Yep. And what else have you got going on in 2021? I have the the the, the GS. Uh, yeah. Yep. Super. And, and, um, and just the one. I, I have one of those, and I'm trying to get a second one. Okay. Uh, obviously, too late for Daytona, so trying to get one from Sebring onwards. Right. That's, I, I mean, know. five different customer that, that, programs. That's pretty nice. Yeah. And then, you know, then I'm doing the restoration work and then right. uh, announced that we're going to be building continuations of uh, the Ford Mark IV. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we're working on that. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you because I feel like I get complete uh, credit for this, but you recently signed my friend Scott Andrews, a.k.a. Mandrews, for the Daytona 24-hour. And uh, I've been pushing his name out there to the masses since he and I became friends about three years ago. And I just wanted to say you're you're welcome. I don't remember you ever pushing him on me. Okay, I didn't push him on you specifically. <laughs> I put him out to the masses, and I know you followed how, me. How, how so did don't, you put don't him on there, sir? I'm Team Bill on be, this one. Be, 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 you shut your mouth. We follow each other on social media. I think you still follow. Me. I, I know you still follow me. I look every day, and yeah, okay. I've, been right. pu- I've been putting that Scott Andrews name okay. out there and uh, okay. i'm just glad that okay. you finally listened inside because riley's so, waking up every you, morning you, going what's the eversley tweet yeah yeah ryan will you will you talk less if i say yes you're the reason probably not i can't <laughs> promise anything <laughs> well maybe maybe it's like a you know uh 
you know, uh, undertone message that I didn't quite pick up, register in the right part of my brain, but maybe right. you are the person. But uh, a lot of the driver lineup in that in that, that car came with uh, me and uh, John Donovan, who works for the Robinson family, coming yeah. up with drivers, and, and Scott was a, a, a good choice. Yeah, and I can't remember if this is a real thing or if it was a one-off. Is there still a thing if the highest all-silver lineup gets like a Rolex or something? Is, was that a thing a couple of years oh. ago with p2 cars i thought that was a thing because i look at that lineup and i'm like okay they're all they're all great but they're all all wait. silver or is felipe gold felipe's gold ah okay felipe's wait gold. is Askew is silver yeah yeah he was silver in 19 then that carried over into the super season for 20 yeah and oliver Askew is silver sean all right wait yeah. hold, no i'm dead serious <laughs> i didn't fuck oliver yeah. Askew is a f-ing silver so is Santino yeah. Ferrucci and like three other IndyCar drivers. Yeah, Oliver Askew is a silver. So, um, <laughs> Bill, this is not yeah. a you, but f- you, Bill Riley. What? What do you mean? <laughs> like, wait, no, I yeah, seriously had no. Yeah. I just assumed he was the gold yeah. this whole time. Right. I right. didn't. Wait, I literally wait, never. Wait, I never. Wait. I never read the article. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you know lights champion I, I, I get, and all. I get a pe- I get beat up in Champ Car. Because I do something, Sean. I don't have a problem with you doing this. This is your job to do that. But f*** this. Right. What? Is he really a silver? <laughs> I, the, F, the FIA publishes a list. I'm aware of how this <laughs> works. I don't, give a, I, don't, I don't care enough to look at it because it doesn't affect me. Right. I read the rules. I'm not faulting I'm you. I read my them job. Again. I understand. Then I read them one more time. This is your then job. I go through the FIA list, and then I figure out who we want to go after. John Donovan did most of the work this time. Yeah, yeah. Figure out who we want to go after, and that's what we did. I'm not faulting you. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. But holy f***, I had no idea he was silver. Yeah, he's like scrolling the list. He's like IndyCar, IndyCar, Indy. Oh, there we go. That one. Uh, Okay, IndyCar. Ah, he's already taken. IndyCar. What are we doing? We got. got (laughs) That, that That wasn't far off. Ryan, yeah, 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 and obviously that's what you should be doing yeah, because uh, th- this is not. This, yeah, I was about to say this is not an inclination yeah. of you or Donovan yeah. or anyone in the team or any race team that takes advantage of this because that is your job. But what the? Yeah. F- I really didn't know that. <laughs> I always assumed he was the gold in the whole thing. Well, one day he'll turn pro, and then he's yeah. Really when when Oliver Askew finally yeah. has the goods to be a pro driver. Yeah. <laughs> right. Jesus yep. Christ! Yeah. All right. So. That's all I'm going to remember from this recording. Is it Oliver Askew is a silver? I'm happy. I'm so happy. Yeah. And Snap-on tools are yeah. awesome. They Snap-on are tools awesome. are awesome. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I was thinking about that. It's like I don't know anybody else that would have a better Snap-on tool story than that. That's yeah. pretty good. I think most most of you know them what are, I mean? are. Yeah, the most of them the other way. They're like, I bought so many Snap-on tools, I'm going bankrupt, right. and no. I got to pay the guy off on the truck next you week. Say, they have the best business no, model have... of the truck, basically bringing the drugs to you. Right to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I was right. I was right there giving them my, you know, thirty dollars a, a week, a hundred. You know, but I, yeah. but I still yeah, have all my stuff. Is that because I don't yeah. know if that's a known thing outside of like yeah, uh, outside of mechanics? That. Is it there is a snap-on yeah, truck in all the major markets yeah. that drives yeah. around yeah, from shop like a, to shop? And it's and, like a food truck. It's about the size of a food truck. Yeah, it's a food yeah. truck yeah. size. They've got any tool you want, and I don't, I don't know exactly how they work out their their credit system, but basically. It's, you, it's like a bar tab. Just to work clear. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's basically like a bar tab. Like you don't have to pay cash right there. You can just sort of put it on your tab. Yeah. To get yep. whatever you're looking for from Snap-on. So they're just them, feeding you the drugs, and yeah. you just have this endless debt. And 
I haven't met a mechanic who didn't lose his mind over another mechanic accidentally taking his crescent wrench and literally him saying, I'm still paying for that. Well, I'm obsessed with mine. It's like if I lose a socket, yeah. Yeah. I have to go I have to go on eBay and find like let's say if I lose a nine sixteen socket, I have to go on eBay and find a socket from that era to put back into my set. Because I don't want the I don't want the I don't want the, the script to be different or how it's labeled it's, different than it's my other socket. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, Snap All On right. has it figured out. It's kind of yeah, like you know, know like like the people in the shop they they say I have OCD, but it's actually you know CDO because the letters need to be in the right order. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm realizing that in 2018, we brought you a $37 check that didn't work. <laughs> and you probably could have used it. You could have used it? Well, I could you could Yeah, used I definitely could have used it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely could have used it. So silver rated. Uh, <laughs> you can't let it I'm go. not going to let it go. <laughs> no. Oliver asked. So silver rated. Olive, I'm the one that's supposed to be mad. Silver rated. <laughs> Oliver <laughs> asked you, when you guys are in the Daytona paddock together. Yeah. Is it going to be cool that there's more sh- uh, more shirts with your face on it than his? Oh, I don't know. Do you guys still sell those shirts? I'm sure we do. I mean, someone's going to wear them if there's fans allowed, I'm sure. Yeah, they're going to wear them. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah, there will be more Bill Riley fans there than any of your drivers. Yeah, there should be. That That's not a question. I mean, that's that's 100% correct. That's a a statement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, the problem is there's a lot of Mike Schenck fans, and I don't like that. And a lot of people like Will Turner, too. Okay, well, let's shut it down right now. Yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to get your side of, of Ben, who's a great customer of yours. Um, yeah. It, we, we left it out of the podcast with Ben, but Ben is known occasionally of losing his mind on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and this is your customer, and you've got a reputation in the paddock. When you start seeing Twitter meltdowns from clients, are you, is there a side of you like, oh, this is kind of fun? Or is there a side of you like, F- I have to deal with this? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, I think I'm one of them. You know, I'm driving home, uh, and uh, and then I get a phone call, and here it is, it's Mike Shank. And, uh, so this is specific to the 2019 Mike. incident? What's that? So we're talking specifically about the 2019 meltdown he had <laughs> after, I think, Lime Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It would have been, and and he's, like, he's like, hey, what do you have to do to get him to stop? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? He's like, and he's like, oh, he goes, have you seen any of the Twitter stuff? I'm like, no, I'm working. You know, yeah, right. I'm, I'm I have a life, <laughs> and, uh, sir. And uh, he's like, oh well, what what do we have to do? It was it was one of those kind of things. Oh, yeah, but you know that sometimes how Ben you know releases right. His well, anger it, it, or ben his was very specifically targeting Shank. Yeah. And well, Mike is a good friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a, and and but you know, but I think he was targeting Catherine, right? Uh, yeah, who was with Shank? Yeah, and there, and there was a lot building up with Catherine too, you know. Right, but uh, spe- specific to you, I don't see you as a guy necessarily that's going to sit there and call him and try to rein him in as much as like eh, it's what he's going to do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, good. Pretty, I mean. I mean, if it, if it's something that's going to affect my business, sure. like let's say if we would have done the uh, 
the an explosive press release at Lamar, right. I would have ran, you know, I, I, I guess I ran that in because it's like, this is not going to help me business wise long-term right. to be crossways with the ACO. You know, but, the car was illegal. So be it on we go, you know, but uh, yeah, but you know, when, when he's doing that about with other drivers, what are we going to do? I mean, we saw a little bit of that with, you know, with Cooper and uh, what happened with Lawson at the end of Sebring. Right. You know, when oh, yeah. Lawson, Lawson was, uh, and I and I can't fault Lawson for that. I mean, it's 15 minutes to go into 12 hours of Sebring and you're in second place. Right. And, and he knows, and Lawson knows, I don't allow second or third place trophies on my truck. You know? Wait, is and that Lawson a thing? Also, is that a real thing? That? That's a real thing? Yeah. That's a real thing. I didn't know that. That's and awesome. I also do not, I do not allow the car to come back in second place with all the dive planes on it. <laughs> right. I want to drive. In. I want to drive for you so bad. He can't. He can't come in second place with all the dive planes on it and said you tried. Yeah. Right. No. Come back. Right. Come back on the wrecker saying you tried. That right. I'll, I'll accept that. You know, or having yeah. a hole in the radiator because you know because you went in too hot and and you lost it. I'll accept that. But you know, can't come in like oh well, I didn't put a scratch on the car and we finished third. Well, you know, you better go give your trophy to the kid because it ain't coming on my truck. You know so. <laughs> Yeah, that's a real thing. I don't like podiums. I don't like. That is I don't the like first second and third that. place trophies. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so when a guy like Ben, or just on a larger scale, just any sort of customer starts getting out of line, or I don't know if out of line is the right word, but just starts getting beyond anything you can control, as long as it's not indicting you, you're just fine with it. Yeah, as long as it's not hurting the, the business, or yeah. you know heard me that i'm just fine and then i gotta be careful here sean because it's like you're setting me up for something i'm not i'm not i'm just okay okay all right because i don't want to see he is he totally is about twitter rant about indycar drivers being silvers and then you know there's a oh no that that won't be you you. bill riley agrees with me and i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i will in my own defense i have never lied to you about anything we were doing i've just been cryptic if i was or you're just been cryptic or or the timing's very late. Yeah, or I don't tell you. But if I say I'm not right. doing something, I don't do it. Okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I know we got to get going. I was hoping uh, you could talk about this gentleman that we unfortunately lost this year. Uh, Jim Pace recently passed away. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he won the Daytona 24-hour driving a Riley and Scott Mark yeah. III. And uh, yeah. as a as, that was right when I was going to a lot of races with my dad because mm-hmm. uh, I was old enough to kind of be – left to my own devices. So I'll, I'll never forget that particular car and that era. Um, so I was wondering if you had like a, a Jim Pace story for us yeah, in closing. Yeah. Th- yeah. That car's in our shop right now being restored. And, you know, when yeah. we ran that car under Doyle racing, you know, which was a sponsor, um, yeah. but that was the Riley and Scott factory car. So we ran that. And so uh, uh, Wayne wanted Jim as his teammate. And when Jim came on board, it was quite apparent because Jim was like the perfect teammate, like just the perfect teammate. Yeah. And in this story, uh, doesn't have to do with Daytona or Sebring wins. Uh, we were at Texas and, um, we had a brand new car. When we went, we decided to go to Le Mans. We had to build a brand new car and to ship the car that won Sebring off to France. So in a short amount of time, we had to build a new car. And we uh, went to Texas. was the car's first time it ran at Texas Motor Speedway. And um, going into turn one, I believe, uh, the bell housing broke. It wasn't welded properly. And uh, Jim had a huge wreck and yeah. tore tore corner off, tore the back half off the car, tore, like, the left front off the car, like, really hurt the car. 
And uh car came back on the hook and uh you know we put it up on high stands, we start looking at it all and Jim's like Jim's like he's like, I don't I don't know what happened. I, I, I might have made a mistake. You know, that's what he's saying. Like I might have right. made a mistake. So uh I Bob and I, my father and I are looking at the car and everything and all of a sudden we see the bell housing, the wishbone mount is ripped out of it and realize it's not welded all the way around properly. And um and uh, we go to Jim and we go, Jim, here's what, here's what happened. You know, the lower wishbone pulled out of the, out of the bell housing, the car collapsed and you went for a ride and tore the car all up. So it wasn't your fault. And he goes, yeah, at all. He's like, oh, okay. I go, but, but we're going to tell everybody it's your fault because we build cars and we don't want, we don't want people to know that, that we made a mistake. <laughs> he goes, uh, he's like, well, if, if you, if you think that's, if, he goes, yeah, well, I can see your point, so I guess I'm okay with it. You know, now we, we were joking with him to try to lighten the mood, but you know, but that that's what kind of teammate and person he was. And and it was funny enough, we won the race that that weekend too. And yeah. uh, and another time that uh, I, I, do you have time for one more Jim Pace story? Of course. I was running Sebring in '97 with them. We ran two cars that year, and we ran a car with Eduardo Debos and uh, Barry Waddell and Jim Pace was in the yeah. second car. And uh, it was obvious that Jim was the fastest guy at Sebring, and um, or fastest guy in that car. And it came down toward we were like sixth place, and it was uh, four hours to go. And Jim's been out of the car for a little bit, so I put Jim in with like three fifty-five left to go in the race, and he ran the rest of the race. I had kept him in, Oof. so Oof. he did uh, three hours and fifty-five minutes straight in the car at Sebring. Yeah. Um, at night, you know, dusk and, and we got up to third and we finished third, uh, with Jim doing, doing that deal. And that, that was like a really cool drive. Cause that was also the first year in 97 that I was engineering a car by myself. Yeah. My dad was on the, on Wayne's car and I was on Jim Pace's car. So he was a lead. So I, uh, we lost, we lost a really, everybody lost a really good person. And I know Ryan, you probably, I'm sure you've crossed paths with Jim a lot. Yeah, and, and we just we just lost a good person. Yeah, but we lost a good person. All right, so Daytona's coming up. You got two really good entries. We'll leave it with this. How are you going to do? Um, I think that obviously the the thing that's going to catch us out is something unknown, and uh, I think a lot of people are in the same boat with these OMP three cars, just because this might be the hardest time they run straight. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, some of them do Thunder Hill and all that stuff, but that's not you know high RPM, high speed, sitting, you know, running the thing a lot right. hard. Um, it's running it hard, but you know what I mean? Not, not engine hard. Yep. So it's, it's just going to be something unknown. We'll catch us if it does. It's just going to be what team can react the best. Mm-hmm. You know, and it might be that something breaks on the car all at the same time. I'm not too sure. I will say, I think but, your category is going to make the race exceptionally good. I, I just so with the, the monkey wrenches being thrown in, I think it's be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or exciting for sure. And it needs to be. You know, the, the races the last few years have been getting uh, more and more stagnant. Yep. I yeah. think. Yeah, you, I you know, agree. You need, I mean, you don't want to say that it's going to cause more yellows, but you need more cars on the lead lap at the end of the races. More yeah, I mean, fighting. Sean Sean actually pointed this out to me. I didn't realize that it had gotten this way, but it, that the WeatherTech series has gotten so good that there's not a lot of yellows because the driving's been stepped up by the guys that have the least experience and the teams are doing such a good job with development and building good cars that 
it's a lot of green flag running. And that's why I think P3 racing, not your car, but that's why I think P3 racing might add a new element, just more cars, different experience levels, Mm -hmm. oftentimes leads to more yellows. And I think that'll make especially pro-am combinations will be especially exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It should be a good one. So the, even though this is sort of the first of our remote ones, uh, we're still going to do the the pass along question. So we will be mm-hmm. uh, we'll be meeting up tomorrow night with Michael Shank, who All I right. think you know him. Uh, well, like I can't decide what question to ask him because you know like you can go funny or dark or you can go kind of light and interesting. So uh, my my favorite qu- two questions I'd have for him if I do have can have two, one would be what was your best year of motor racing? Or most fun. Most not fun. You're about to say most fun is different. Okay. Most yeah, fun. Yeah, not necessarily your most financially rewarding or even right. the one that you had the biggest wins at. It's what most fun. year was the most fun and yeah. why? Okay. You know, and then the other thing is what's the worst hotel you ever stayed at? I'm a fan of that one. Well, there technically wasn't food, but, uh, you know, I think over the uh, – uh, You last... guys owe me a meal. That's what it is. You guys owe me a meal. All I want right. a meal next time I see you. I don't want you guys to be there, but I want the money for the meal. Okay, oh, so this guy. I think Continental got the debt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.